Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Man, thank you, Lord. You may take your seat. Praise the Lord, everybody. Ah. Uh, God is so great and awesome in this place. Um, I have a lot to get through. I say that a lot, don't I? But um, <laughs> I do have a lot to get through today, I think. Um, um, last time I spoke with you guys, it was Mother's Day, and so now it's Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all you fathers, um, soon to be fathers and uncles and uh, uncles and great uncles and grandfathers. And if you mentor anybody or pat a little child on the head, happy Father's Day to you as well. <laughs> um, but the Lord has a word for all of you. Um, and again, this is for Father's Day. Um, says Mother's Day, I think this is applicable to everyone and anyone, um, um, but we're going to focus on fathers, I guess, because it's Father's Day. But we're going to come out of Judges 3 and 31. Uh, the title of this message is, What You Have is Enough, The, lexi- the Lesson of the Ox Goad. And as you, if you remember, uh, the title of the message for Mother's Day was, God Will Make a Way. And I think this is just the other side of the coin of God will make a way is that what you have is enough. <laughs> um, uh, judges 3.31 reads, um, Judge, it starts out with Shamgar, that's the judge's name. And it says, after Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines and with an ox goad, he too saved Israel. That's it. <laughs> That's the account of that judge. You know, if you look through judges, you will see the other judges have a lot more said about them. Uh, but Shamgar doesn't have a lot. But in what in what is stated about Shamgar, we can glean a lot about his life and what what we know of his life. Um, so I'm gonna start out with what does it require? What what do you have to do to be a judge in this time? So if you look at judges to 11 through 19, we won't read all of that, but um, it kind of goes through, it doesn't go really go through, it talks about what the requirement was, what, not really a requirement, what God did to have a judge. Uh, and it was real simple. Uh, if we look at Judges 2, 11 through 19, it says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and forsook the Lord their God their, of their fathers who had brought them the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods among the gods of the people who they were, who were around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtoreth and other gods, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them in the hands of the plunderers who despoiled them, uh, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Whatever they went out, whenever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, that they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hands of those who plundered them. That's the requirement, that God just raises them up. <laughs> if you look in verse 18, it says, and again, And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hands of the enemies uh, all the days of that judge. And the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because 
of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved, and behaved more corruptly than their fathers <laughs> by following other gods and, and to serve them and bow down before them. So basically, it is, if your heart was open, the Lord could use you and he will raise you up to be a judge. Now, I'm not, I don't know what the Lord was looking at in individuals to raise up people to be judges. And I don't know what he saw in Shamgar that he said, I'm going to raise him up uh, to be a judge or other things he may have saw in Shamgar. But I glean from what 20, I think it was 22, 21 words that they discussed about Shamgar. I glean what he saw in Shamgar that made him a judge. So what are we going to do? What, are we, what is going on during Shamgar's time? Uh, Shamgar is described as having been one of the uh, prior rulers in those days, uh, one of the rulers. And if you look in uh, Deborah, who was a judge, if you look ahead in chapter 4, it talks about Deborah. And then chapter 5, it's the song of Deborah. And it mentions Shamgar in Judges 5, 6, and it says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were, de- were deserted and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel. So during the time of Shamgar, the highways were cut off by their enemies, Israelite enemies. So people didn't travel down 460 or 29 or 81. <laughs> they did the back roads because they knew if they traveled the highways, they would be met with trouble. They were probably destroyed. They would come up against some enemy that would try to fight them. And so that was life. And so if you cut off your highways, you cut off how you get goods and services in and out of a city. And so that's why I said in Judges 5, 6, it says, uh, village life ceased. And so it was very difficult during that time. And Shamgar, as we can glean from his weapon of choice, which was an ox goad, is a farmer. Because an ox goad is a farm tool. Um, you can show that picture for me. All right, that's an ox goad. Uh, has a pointy tip, and he used it to prod the ox to move them along the plow. And some some versions of an ox goat has a flat edge at the uh, at the opposite end of the pointy tip, so they would use that to dig in the ground. So maybe like a flat edge, like a shovel or something. So you use the pointed edge to prod the ox, and then the flat edge, some some descriptions of it, to dig up roots or whatever. So maybe if the ox was plowing, and then there was a root or something, you would use that flat end to dig that up. So we can gather from what is said in Judges 3.31 that Shamgar was a farmer, I guess, because he used uh, Oshgo to <laughs> slay some enemies. Uh, the biblical name on the meaning of Shamgar is stranger, which is ironic because it's just one verse about this man, uh, about this judge. Now, it talks about it again in, in Deborah. Uh, but this is one verse about this judge. Mean stranger. We can devise from his name that he was not uh, he was not Semitic. He was not Semitic, and more likely he was Huranian. They said uh, during that time there was Huranians uh, that flooded into Canaan during the time of 1550 BC, uh, and that's why that name Shamgar would correlate with him being Huranian. Anath meaning his mother, would, would have been his mother's name, is an adolescent warrior goddess. 
So his mother was a warrior goddess. So we can defer from what he's from, from his mom, is that she knew how to fight because she was a warrior goddess. And so he knew how to fight. Now, where, why he landed up being a farmer, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> but he was a farmer. But I can imagine that as a child he saw his mother fighting and picked up some skills from his warrior goddess mother, Athena, or Anak, I'm sorry. Unlike other Canaanite gods like uh, El, Baal, and Asherah, we don't find Anak mentioned in the Hebrew Bible much, um, but we do find Beth Anak mentioned in, in uh, uh, Joseph, Joshua 19.38 and Judges 1.33. Uh, so basically we just have to go off that Shamgar is most likely not Hebrew. But he becomes a judge of Israel, of Israel, right? Uh, we also find out, based off of what is written there, that he kills 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad. Now, 600 can be figuratively because 600 is mentioned several times uh, in 1 Samuel 27 and 2. It talks about David set out and went over, and he and 600 men. And then Judges 20, 47 talks about that number 600. 600 is a large uh, platoon or a term, a good-sized military unit. Um, so he could have specifically killed 600 men, or it was just a good-sized number that it could have been a large uh, military unit. But either way, he killed a lot of Philistines. Uh, and we're going to say 600, maybe even more, but 600 at least. And he used an ox gold to kill these Philistines. You with me? We are going somewhere, y'all. We are going somewhere. <laughs> uh, so you can imagine that his farm tool that he used was not the traditional uh, military weapon of choice, right? You don't train on a farm tool to go <laughs> kill 600 people, but it is what he had. So uh, what can we learn from Judge Shamgar? What can we glean from the 21 words, the 22 words that talks about Judge Shamgar? I start with, start where you are. Shamgar was a farmer, y'all. I don't think he had in his mind that he was going to be the, a judge of Israel, but he was a farmer. And he saw problems in his community. He saw that he couldn't go down 460 or 29 without being bothered by some Philistines. And he said, I'm going to do something about it. Do not despise small beginnings. Zechariah 4.10 says, For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So that is where Shamgar starts, uh, but his end is so much greater. And so the Lord may be saying, hey, you may be thinking, hey, I need so much more to start with, and God is saying, start with what you got. If all you got is a farm tool, start with that. If all you got is your faith, start with that. If all you got is a praise, start with that. If all you got is prayer, start with what you have. Because he can use that. Moses said, who am I? I'm slow to speak. Send someone else. Gideon was from the smallest family of the tribe of Israel. Joseph was despised by his brothers and sent to jail, to prison, and then eventually became a senior official in the government. 
David was the youngest of eight sons, and he was out tending the sheep, and he would turn out to be a great king. Jesus was born in a tiny tiny town of Bethlehem in poverty. He was raised in Galilee, and no one believed that a godly man could come from the wrong side of the tracks of Galilee. (laughs) He had no money. He had no support from the religious leaders of that day. Jesus was considered a nobody from nowhere who would amount to nothing. Yet, we sing his praises today. Mustard seed faith can be small. You don't have to have a lot. You don't have to have all the things ready for you right now to do what the Lord wants you to do. For Father's Day, this is particularly for the men. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the skills it requires for you to do what the Lord wants you to do. He said, get what you have. Start with what you have. Where are you right now? What what can you what can he use? Uh, just like Mother's Day, we talked about the Shunammite woman and the woman who had the oil and all she had, and the Lord can use that. If all you have is a bag lunch, God can multiply that to feed five thousand. Use what you have. Right? You got it? We'll use what we got to get what we want. <laughs> First uh, Corinthians 1 through 25, it says, Brothers and sisters, think not of what uh, you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that not one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore it is written, let one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We can't take no credit for anything. And sometimes if we started out with a little bit more, we would say, well, I started out with a little bit more, so that's why I got what I got. But God says, no. <laughs> he wants you to start with where you are with what you have, what little you have, and he can use that. And then you know that it was him and only him and nobody else. It wasn't a inheritance. It was God. It wasn't my education. It was God. It wasn't because I looked so handsome, because I looked so handsome, but it was God. <laughs> It is God's doing. It is not my doing. It is him. And I can't can't boast. And so uh, he sees a problem. Shamgar sees a problem in his community. He sees that the highways are littered, are destructed, can't be bypassed. There are thugs and gangs running up against the highways. And he says, I need to do something. In my community, and I'm not, and it doesn't say particularly that uh, Shamgar killed 600 people, uh, 600 Philistines at one time, and I would believe that he did this. Uh, it, it was a cumulative amount, so it happened over a period of time. And I think that he went out and saw these issues within his community, within these highways, and said, "I'm going to clean some things up. I'm going to use what I have to better my situation, to better the situation around me." And so maybe it was one or two at first. 
Maybe it was three or four, and then maybe it was 20, and maybe it was 40, and then maybe it was 100. But he went around, and he defeated his enemies with what he had. It reminds me of Nehemiah heard about the state of affairs in his homeland and was moved so deeply that he wept with concern. And then he began to pray and plan and prepare to rebuild the temple. And God wants us, whatever it is he has called you to do, he wants you to use what you have and begin to pray and prepare and plan to rebuild what he's called you to rebuild. Whether it's in your community, whether it's in this church, whatever, what is in your family, he's going to use what you have. And you may think it's so insignificant. I don't have anything. He can show you what you have. He's just that good. Even if you think you don't have anything, he can show you what you have. Uh, Nehemiah, and then also reminds me of the parable of the persistent widow who kept going back and going back. And the judge said, okay, we're just going to give this woman what she wants because we want to stop her from coming back. She had persistence on her side. She used what she had to change the community around her. Makes you think of Esther, who was chosen for such a time as this, who was not uh, deterred by the situation and how large it was, but she prepared and planned and prayed and and devised a plan that God had given her to save her people. You can be the plan that your family needs. Y'all don't believe it. (laughs) You can be what your job needs. You can be the plan that your school needs. You can be the plan that whatever community that you're in needs to save, to be a witness to them, to save them, to save that company. It could be you. You don't believe it. It's the word, y'all. He used Shamgar to save the people of Israel. And even though there's not much written about him, he used what he had. He started where he was. So he started where he was, and then he used what he had. He used an ox gold. How, and I'm sure Shamgar, maybe Shamgar didn't, but other people looked at this farmer with an ox gold and said, what is he going to do? Walking down 460, doesn't he know that there's some thugs down Highway 29 in Amherst? (laughs) That's where the thugs live. No. (laughs) Desperate County, yeah, all of it. No, Lynchburg, yes. All around. Uh, doesn't he know that that's not, he can't fight with that. And I'm sure they saw him and said, oh, what is this farmer doing with an Osgo thinking that he's going to come up against us? Didn't you remember the uncircumcised Philistine and David had nothing? And they gave him the armor. And they said, hey, use this. And David said, I can't use that stuff. I got to use what I know. And I'll pick up this slingshot and these smooth stones, and I'll let the Holy Spirit guide that stone to where it needs to go to defeat this enemy. And God is saying he can use what you have to defeat your enemy, to get you to where you need to go. Do you believe it? Come on now. (laughs) He can use what you have. Uh, He asked Moses, what's in your hand? Right? Moses said, I got this rod. What am I going to do with this? With that rod and the help of the Holy Spirit and God, he he freed the children of Israel. 
Or he may give you an ox goat. Or is it your faith? Is it your prayer life? Is it your vehicle? I don't know what is it your home that you're open up. Is it your uh, hospitality that you have? Is it your good personality that he's going to use to greet people? Is it your uh, ability to speak well in front of people that he's going to win over souls where you work? Whatever you have. Is it your meekness that will draw people to you because you're so humble and meek that you exude Christ wherever you are? He's going to use it. He's going to use it where you are, and he's going to use what you have, whatever that may be. And then do what you can. Shamgar didn't wait for the officials. He didn't say, well, I'm going to wait on the government to come and clean up these roads. He didn't say, I'm going to wait on somebody else, or I'm going to call my friends together. He did what he could. He knew, I have this instrument, and I can use this. And he can uh, go to some unsuspecting Philistines and knock them off two at a time, ten at a time, or whatever his abilities allowed him to do. But he did what he could. And I'm sure he grew in strength and in popularity to say, hey, God is with me. I can continue to do this and clean up this area. And even if you don't know, like I said, you may not know what you have. Psalm 25 says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. You are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all day. Wait on him and he will show you what to do. And once he shows you what to do, uh, it is similar to the parable of the talents. And I'm going to read all that, but you know he gave one five and another two and another uh, one. And he wanted them to use it. He didn't give you that talent to sit on, but one of the People sat on it. They didn't do anything with the talent that God had given them, that that master had given them. And he was uh, very upset with him. And he took it from him because, hey, you're not using this. And so God has given you a talent, something you can use, something only you can use. I can't use an ox call, gold. I can't. I, I had to look it up and see what it looked like, so I know I can't use it. Um, <laughs> But God can use me and use the things that I know he's given me and my talents and abilities. And he wants to see that used for his glory. And he can multiply that. Just like if you sit on your talents, he's going to come back and be disappointed and not happy that you didn't use what he gave you. If you start where you are, if we see, start where we are, if we use what we have and do what we can, then God is more than enough. Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, and it will be enough. Shamgar used what he had, and it was enough, but he became open to whatever the Lord called him to do. And he became a judge, and he delivered Israel. Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your strength. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God is more than enough.
whatever little you have, whatever insignificant amount of things that you think you have, God can use that. Genesis 17, 1 through 2 says, the Hebrew word God Almighty is El Shaddai, God who is more than enough, more than sufficient. It means that he has the power to complete promises of blessings and prosperity abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He can do just that. You may be thinking, this little mustard seed can't produce much at all. What I have won't go very far. But God is saying, I can use that. If you have faith in me that I am more than enough, then I can use what you have. Theodore Roosevelt, great man of God, I don't know him like that, but <laughs> says, do what you can with what you have where you are. Do what you can with what you have where you are. And I feel the Lord is saying the same the same thing to Cornerstone and to us individually. Do what you can with what you have with where you are. And he can bless that. Don't, dis- don't discount anything that you may think is insignificant. Oh, I, he can't use that. That's so insignificant. That, that, that can't be used. We're in a season of calamity. <laughs> Just like Shamgar was. Where people are going back and forth to God and they're leaving church and they're coming back and they're leaving church and they come back and they leave church and they come back and get dizzy. Um, <laughs> but God is saying, I want to use the talents that I've given each of you and I want you to go out where you are, whether your workplace, your community, here, wherever, use your talents and watch him allow you to defeat the enemies around you that are blocking your blessings, right? And watch you overcome and watch him prosper you in that process. Because Shamgar just didn't stay a farmer, right? I don't know if he saw that he was going to be a judge. I don't know if he had a vision. It didn't say that he had a vision. He wasn't a dream like Joseph that he was going to have people bowing down before him. I'm sure he was content with being a farmer. But he was dissatisfied with what was going on around him, that it moved him. And that, with the Holy Spirit, we can do great things. I believe we can, y'all. I believe that. I believe the Word. (laughs) And if the Word can use a farmer to destroy the Philistines and judge the children of Israel and keep them at peace, then I believe God can use what I have what little I think or insignificant things that I have. And even if you don't know, he can reveal what you have and he can say, hey, we can use that for the glory of God and we can build his kingdom. Amen. Uh, Let us close in a prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love and kindness, Lord Jesus. We thank you for using us where we are, what we have, what we can do to change our community, Lord Jesus, to change this world, to change our church, Lord God. Let us be a church that loves people and um, shows grace and mercy, Lord God, in giving. And in all humility, Lord Jesus, we boast only of you. But you have given many people in here talents, Lord Jesus, gifts to be used for your kingdom. 
that many may be sitting on right now who says, I don't want to use that or that's not me or, you know, they'd be maybe like Moses saying, I have a stutter and I can't do this and I can't do that. And God is saying, I can use you where you are. We just thank you, God, for loving us in spite of ourselves and loving us beyond what we can see, Lord Jesus, and pushing us to, uh, to be better and greater. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.